the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello and welcome to the Hawthorne Fancast. I'm James, joined by Matt after a stirring win over the Saints, one for the ages. Matt, I can't remember the last time we went to a win and the win as good as that. How good was that? We kind of marvel so much and it's just disappointment every time. I was just... <laughs> I'm lost for words. It's absolutely fantastic. I can't remember the last time um, we went to a win at Marvel. It was probably over Essendon round one a few years ago when Tim O'Brien... Ah, uh, yes, winner. the one-pointer. That's so, right. there's definitely been a lot of uh, worse moments at Marvel in the last few years. So, it was good to go to that ground with an asterisk over it, I'm, I'm sure. We don't really <laughs> like going there and, and just getting a nice win. Yeah, we, we carried on a bit this game, didn't we, in the stands? Yeah. Oh, it was just great to see. And all the Hawks fans were up and about. I mean, we deserved it all game long. And it just felt like we waited right to the last minute to pinch the lead and get the win. I mean, I know the media talked about us, you know, coming from the skies and winning, but let's be honest, we should have won that game by four or five goals. I was going to say, it was one of those games that from the opening bounce right till the end, we were the better team. We probably weren't getting reward that we deserved early on in the game. Absolute dominant display by pretty much our whole team. We played four quarters of football, four quarters on the weekend. And it wasn't until the last minute where we got reward and we kicked away and we did it in absolute style. What a cosy with the double Cobras up in the air, man. It, what a play to kick it as well. I, I liked a few minutes later when Bruce marked it and Cozzy's behind him with the two arms <laughs> up celebrating, knowing that there's about 50 seconds to go and Bruce just needs to take his time, hopefully seal it, which he did, and we were home. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I saw the mark coming, but I think there was really hidden sort of Bruce's mark at the end there. It was just nice to be able to enjoy the last sort of 20 seconds of the game and not be on the edge of your seat because obviously Cozzy kicked that goal and everyone was up and about. But there was that risk that they were going to win the clearance and kick a goal. And I think Jake Gresham did get the next clearance. He kind of kicked it short. So it was so beautiful just to be able to like actually enjoy the last minute of the game and not, not be stressing even more because I thought we blew it, to be honest with you, with all our misses. Yeah, same. And then you couldn't sit still after that goal from Cozzy because there was still a minute 35 left. And you said Gresham got the clearance. But then C-Mac, um, no, not C-Mac, Sicily got the intercept. C-Mac got the ball, whatever. And I, I'd want to talk to you about what was your favorite moment in those last two minutes in the last two minutes of the game yeah probably the dare from i think it was carl amon hit a target in the middle i think it was will day you just saw we were, we were going right yeah i love that dylan moore got his last goal i know that wasn't probably in the last two minutes maybe just before but he deserved a goal all day and we'll, we'll talk about him in a second but my ultimate favorite moment in the last two minutes Oh, I think it was that Dylan Moore kick to Cozzy to kick yeah. the goal. I mean, obviously, it's going to have to be the goal because he put us in front and it was a huge kick and Cozzy was kind of missing all day. But Dylan Moore, I feel like he's been one of the most hardworking players all year and it just hasn't quite come off for him. And he kind of, he got some minutes in the midfield and he really came into his own. But just he that perfect up, kick. Yeah, I think that's his role that we, we got to look at more is rotating a little bit more in the midfield at, at some areas just to get him more involved because Dylan Moore... When he's around the ball, good things happen usually. Um, maybe not as much in front of the sticks, but yeah, that was my favorite moment. The, the double Cobras from Cozzy, we were up and about. I, I didn't see it coming, uh, you know, when 
Higgins stopped that sh- absolute shocker in the last, I thought, oh, gone. That was to put him about 20 to 26 yeah. points up. Game would have been over. My favourite moment from that last two minutes was uh, C-Max kick. Uh-huh. So he had it in the middle at about half back. He and was normally on the side, yeah. Norm- he, I think he kicked it to Moore or Bramble who gave it to it Moore. It was a chain, yeah. Whatever happened there. Um, normally a young player like that would get the ball in the middle and be like, wow, there's not much time. Just bomb it forward, bomb it down the guts. So the maturity of a young player like that to be composed, look outside where we had the numbers and to go to the outside, which then our runners then cut it back inside to Cozzy. Obviously, you mentioned Moore's kick. I think that set up the whole play because Saints had two extras. I don't know if you've seen the vision and you probably watched it 10 times, 100 times like I have. Yep. But <laughs> Even the commentary. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, bedtime watch, isn't it? And Saints had two numbers back. Yeah. But they, they flooded back. But because we went around, we caught them out of position. Whether if C-Mac was to just blast it forward, yeah. it would have been cut off. I think Cozzy was the only one forward at that point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been cut off and away down the other end. So to hold up play and to bring up wide and to open up the ground in the way we did, um, I think it was a really mature moment for him. And and, and he came. he's been coming on the sub the last two weeks, had probably his career best outing, for us as the sub last week. Only had about five possessions this week, but kicked an awesome goal kicked after nice an goal. awesome mark. Yeah. That mark was spectacular. Yep. Only had the five touches, but he's an impact player. So every time he gets the ball, he does something well with it. And I think in that last two minutes, it definitely showed. I agree. I think the fact that he's an impact player has been part of the reasons why he's become a bit of a super sub right now. I think he needs to sort of shirk that off and actually be able to play a full game because... He does make sort of the perfect sub. He comes on, he makes an immediate impact. He's a great bit of fresh legs. He's an intense player generally throughout the game, but can tire towards the end. Yep. I hope to see him in the starting 22 easily next week uh, and not the sub again. I think he needs, a, he needs to be playing a full game, which is uh, great for C-Mac. I mean, as, as you can notice by what you know James was saying, so gonna go, we're quite analytical fans. We sit at the top. We look, yeah, we look at the phone. Ble- we're nosebleeders. <laughs> yeah, we look at the phone. We look at the stats. You know, you always ask me to get my phone out when there's about two minutes to go yeah, just to I check how much on the clock. Still, like, it probably ruins the beauty of the game a little bit. Um, nah, when it's it, makes too it, tight. it makes it tense. I yeah. mean, I, I remember, you know, back in 2018 when we were sitting back to back in those sa- uh, that uh, Essendon, Essendon and Geelong, the Geelong game when we were. Goals and- yeah, the Warp and the, and the Omira goal, which was just, uh, they were tense moments, but that just makes for the atmosphere. And we look at our phones, you know, yelling out to the rest of the crowd, oh, it's only 30 seconds left to all the people around us. Yeah, uh, I made sure to let everyone know. I don't know if they like that or if they want the suspense. Nah, nah, they wanted it. The lady in front of us did at least. <laughs> yeah, she definitely did. She yeah. was on the edge of her. See, I thought yeah. she's got a car. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was halfway in the ground, wasn't she? <laughs> uh, biggest takeaway for that from that game? Biggest takeaway? Um, I've got two, actually. Can I? Can yeah, I, you can I say do? both. Cause, all right, I'll yeah. say them quickly. First of all, blank must play. Yeah, 100%. Um, Look at Cicely's. I mean, we're, we're, obviously, we're going to cover him. And before we do, I just want to say, I mean, I, I think I mentioned maybe last pod, but Blank has to play just for structural purposes as well. Not yeah. only that he's young, developing key forward, but Sis is not a key defender. This third intercept role he had, I mean, he took Caminiti in all fairness, only a first year player, but to the absolute cleanness today. And they try, I think they put someone else on him towards the end. They couldn't do anything either. He was just, oh, he was a weapon. So yeah, Blank must play for structural reasons. I know we're going to be missing Sicily this week. I've got a bit of a of a way around it in selection later on. Ooh, uh, and my, my, my other takeaway is, which I think is even a bigger one, and I had to include it, is I reckon our midfield is set for a decade right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that kind of brings me to my takeaway is that us Hawthorne fans and the people inside the four walls of the club, this game showed us that we were right 
we were right with the trades that we made. Mate, it's Kara, the- is that you? Kara, can, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Kara? Yeah? I, I think so those, Were those words etched in your brain last night when you went to sleep after watching Footy Classified? I think they were. It was, it was a beautiful thing to see. I, I sat there in shock. I was as oh. white as a ghost. I was like, wait, what's going on? She admitted And then she I was laughed wrong. like out loud in my room by myself when I was watching on TV. Same. Oh, it was, it was hilarious. Uh, it was just great to hear her admitting that she was wrong. But yeah, and good on her, to be honest with you. I mean, that, that takes a lot to mention that. But uh, just and even showing the vision of Sammy on the panel after we just got belted by Sydney saying all these things and it comes to fruition against Saints who are in the premiership, like in the, in the top four calculations pretty much all year so far. Oh, it's fantastic. But go on. But isn't it so great to see all the neutrals turn their heads and be like, hang on, they're onto something here. Not they Barrett, apparently. But, uh, he's still a bit stubborn. I think he half said that we weren't tanking and then didn't try and... He, he kind of went back on his oh, word. Oh, Nat Ed was just poking him like a yeah. bell. Oh, it was hilarious. But yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of neutrals, both in the media and probably even supporters that you know, kind of give us credit. We were right with the changes we made. And yep. this is... Oh, we're walking out of Marvel on Saturday and, and I said that these are the wins that we're going to remember when we're up there again. This, that, this yeah. is the start of something that hopefully will be a special period for us. It, even if it only buys us a few final series or, or a nice flag, it, we're not expecting three peats or anything like that again. That's a one-stop. That's not going to happen again. But I think we might have a bit of a successful period and it's wins like this that spur that on. And it's decisions that we made in the off-season that when you win like this, you can see why we did. Yeah, I think there's all these changes being made and it's about time you have some, you know, it comes to fruition like it shows. And to beat it, top four contending team at a ground where we suck at against a team which has been our bogey side for literally the last five years. I mean, no one gave us a chance this game. It's an incredible win. It'll it'll go down, I reckon, a lot of Hawks fans' hearts in the next few years. It's a big win on our way to climbing the ladder because that is a showing. Now, look, the journey's going to be rocky, no doubt about it. We're still rebuilding pretty heavily. We're going to have some big defeats along the way, but this just builds so much belief and support, you know, in both the fans and the players. I mean... You could see what it meant to the players and what it meant to us after the ground. I mean, I've never seen, I think, Sammy get clapped off the ground so hard than when he was walking off at the end there, down the tunnel. It was fantastic to see. Well, Rob McCartney spoke pre-season, I think to one of the other Hawthorne podcasts out there and said something on the lines of the first half of the year will be rocky, but around the bye in the second half of the year, you'll really see us put some wins together, probably against teams that we shouldn't be beating and yep. some good performances. And I feel like we're heading there now. Like we were around 11, we're around the halfway mark of the season and we've just been in the side that early, really early in the year, people like, wait, are Saints uh, surprise flare contenders? Yeah. And now it's kind of like, are the Saints in trouble because we've beaten them? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Saints are actually a very good side. Did they turn up on Saturday? Probably not. But did we turn up? Fuck yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, to be honest, I, and I was listening to Ross before the game. I think we had a really good game plan for this game. I mean, Sandwich should completely out-coach Ross Lyon this game. I don't think it was necessarily they didn't show up. I thought we were just all over them. Because whenever we got the ball, we just ran it hard. I mean, we were obviously getting the stats in a second, but we actually clocked more time. Oh, sorry, more overall distance than them. And they're a running team. They're They've been running team. the ball hard and they're, they're running a great back in defense. Transitioning team, yeah. great work rate. This handball team. game style we had going this game, we really carved them up. I thought it was a fantastic display and the fact they almost got away with it is a credit to them as a as a pretty good footy side and be able to make the use most of their chances, but Jesus, we we outplayed them comprehensively, I reckon, throughout the game to general play. I like you bringing up the handballing because we're the handballing hawks at the moment. Uh, we have had 
throughout the year, 1,898 handballs, making us number one in the comp for handballs. Mm. And in the last four weeks, we are going at 204 kicks and 204 handballs. So it's an nice even balance. split yeah. between kicks and handballs. Mm. And that brings me back to a few weeks ago when we played Melbourne. Now, that's when I really noticed the handballing coming out a lot. There were a lot of times where... Didn't work well I that think, game, did it, though? No, I think we came onto the podcast um, before the Eagles game and said, we need to be more direct. We were piss-fighting with the ball too much. But we were doing a lot of handballing. We are doing a lot of handballing in the back. But I think that's what Sam Mitchell wants us to do. We start these nice chains. It's a clearly a recognisable game plan. And then yeah. the last two weeks, like, yes, we versed a contender in Melbourne. Didn't work. But the last two weeks, we played West Coast and St Kilda. And this real chainy handballing type of game has really started to work. And it's not going to work every week. It's a work in progress. But to see the way we're playing compared to the start of the year, remember we jumped on this pod when we started and like, what's our game plan? There's no clear, clear game yeah. plan. And yeah. now it's unfolding that we can see a clear game plan. I, I was going to bring up that point actually next is our evolution of our game plan. I mean, it was a Hawks highway in the first couple of rounds, if everyone yeah. remembers, where we just sort of had this amazingly high risk High reward, reward game style, but, but there it was wasn't really much reward, it, was, was it? it was very centered around kicking in the corridor rather than moving the ball by hand. And if you looked at this game, the runners were just immense. And I think we've actually got the squad right now for it. Like we've we've realized that we've got a really good running squad. I mean, there's a reason why Connor Nash is going at such a high percentage right now because he's handballing most of the time, and that's absolutely fine. But it was even like the emergence of Lockie Bramble off halfback, Jarmanipi had a great one. We we really have a recognizable game style, and the great thing about that is. is Hopefully, as, as you mentioned before, we'll be able to pick and choose the moments where we do kick it forward and handball it. And The Raw has a great article on this if you haven't read it yet. It's a very highly analytical... I refuse to read The Raw, but continue. Sure, but it's it's a great article. It's a highly analytical article, and they talked about how Hawks try to get numbers around the stoppages, and we actually try to avoid kicking, like banging it forward on like at all costs, instead of James Warble, who tends to do that. Um, but anyway. You mentioned the Hawks highway, and from rounds one to seven, we were number one in the league for clearances, mm-hmm. but we were 16th for scoring off clearances. Yeah, that post-clearance now, work. Now we're number eight for clearances, but we're now, between rounds of seven and 11, or eight and 11, or whatever, we are now number fourth in scoring from clearances. Because we're not, we're not clearancing as much. We're, we're running the ball out. Like, we're not bombing it. Because that, was- only James Warple, generally, does those sort of half-bomb kicks. The rest of them actually try to handball as much as they can before clearing the ball. They try to hit targets up. When James Warple does the clearance, he does. There was a few moments on the weekend, and this is based... All our midfielders have been doing it now. And what we noticed is in the clearances, we're using hands first, getting it to someone that Definitely. they kick it. yeah. It's we're not the working, rush kicks anymore. We're working our way out clearances. And we almost got burns a few times on the weekend trying to do that. Yeah, it's risky, just- but he would rather... I think Sam would rather our players get run down than do it a terrible kick to an outnumber down forward. But you could notice the difference in quality of the clearances on the weekend. There were a few where we kicked it first and they just went really high and shallow at the forward 50 arc. And then when we worked it out with hands and we got a clear run, we would put it in deep and more often than not, we'd score out of it inaccurately yeah. because we didn't kick yeah. accurately on the weekend, but we, we would score out of it. Well, that's like that's true. Like, I'll give you a stat here. We took 18 marks and sub 50 this week. Did you know that was the exact same as against West Coast the week before? Wow. That, that's yeah. a huge stat. The same in that game, which was an absolute landslide against the Waffle team. That shows how good we actually were on the weekend. We were hitting targets like 50. Now, granted, a lot of them were on that like, sort of 40 
meter sort of line. That's why I think we missed a lot of shots also because we did have kind of shots from those more tougher angles. We weren't having 20 out right in front, of course. But still, 18 marks against one of the best defenses in the league, Ross Lyons' defenses. Callum Wilkie couldn't get near it because Cozzy had him locked away. It was a fantastic display, and it shows our ball use is just getting so much more systematic and less rushed and random. Is our accuracy an issue? You just mentioned that yeah. we're having we're having shots from positions that are a little bit tough. Mm. Is it more so about getting that connection between mid and forwards to a better position where our forwards are marking it more out in front? Or is it a matter of our forwards just practicing kicking goals and kicking them from more angles? Like a bit of both. I mean, yeah, if you're having lower percentage shots, you're going to miss more and the disposal, oh, sorry, the uh, kicking accuracy is going to go down. But on the other hand, we missed some sitters as well. Like Connor Nash missed, I think, from like oh, 20 out right in know. front. And we missed a couple of really poor set shots. I think Dillamore had a pretty gettable one at one point, or a couple of getter ones. We actually missed a lot on the break like that, where Dillamore could have handled over the top. I mean, he had a lot of misses, and we'll get to him in a sec. Jai Newcomb went to Carl Amon, who tried to go more closer to the boundary, kick one across yeah. his body. And yeah. There was a few misses that, if those players had their time again, probably would have kicked them. I know Dylan Moore. Yeah. Seem to burn everything in front of goal. But on the other hand, accuracy is a great thing because it's it's in your hands. Where you kick, like even if it's a low percentage shot. I mean, Mitch Lewis kicked a bomb for the first goal of the game from that sort of Jarman Impey off one step out. That's right. 50. And also Cozzy's winning goal was also around forty out, so it's a bit more distance as well. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that matters overly too much. I think the players need to, yes definitely be working on their accuracy more because we missed a lot of shots this season, not just this game. We've we've, we've been poor on accuracy, and it's going to cost us games of footy. But the great thing is it's in our hands, and it's a better. It's a better issue to have than what we did at the start of the year. Because at the start of the year, our biggest issue was getting the ball inside the 50. We actually won the inside 50 count, 58 to 43. 15 more times than the Saints did. I mean, you wouldn't think these teams are where they are on the ladder by watching this game or even looking at the stat sheet. We absolutely destroyed them in the general stat sheet. And funny enough, we actually lost the clearances, probably for that middle portion of the game. But from the eye test, I don't know about you, from watching the stands as well, it looked like that our midfield kind of dominated them all day. I didn't notice Seb Russell, Jack Steele, anyone really doing anything. I mean, we got a really nice, thrilling, close win, but in reality, it should have been about a 35-point win. It should have, yeah. Like, we, we played good enough to win by that much. I know we're a team that doesn't really put teams away. Obviously, we just came off a 116-point mm. win against yeah. West Coast, but other than that, we're not a team that beats teams comfortably. I don't think that's because of general play. I think it's actually because we just struggle to put scoreboard pressure on because yeah. of accuracy. Yeah, 100%. We're getting more shots in front of goals, which is good. And hopefully we take it to next week yeah. uh, against Port Adelaide. But before we do get to that game, we will get to the 3 2 ones. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, and there's no arguments to who we've got at number three. Oh, I did have a 3 2 one, but I also want to give some special mentions as yeah, well. give some honourables. Uh, I'll start with the honourables. I gave... I might have them in my three. I just want to have a quick chat about um, Lockie Bramble. Yeah. Because, Fair. you know, I'm a bit, a bit of a fan of him. And I think he's... Kind of the Hawthorne Whipping Boy to a lot of degrees. A lot of Hawks fans, I don't think Ray they sort of seems more of a fringe player. I know he's a bit middle-aged and stuff like that. But you can't really deny the facts that two games in a row now, he's considered pretty much a lock for the team right now, at least, until someone comes in back and takes his spot. But, I mean, he was fantastic. Him and Jarman Impey running off those back flanks were just immense, along with Sicily. I think Bramble was really taking on board Sam Mitchell's philosophy of playing to your strengths. He's and quick. I feel like Bramble is... I don't see his ceiling that high, but he certainly has weapons. Mm. And a lot of them is his drive off half-back. Due to not, not so much his kicking, but his pace and his run. Yeah. Um, 
and we saw that explosiveness. Not only was he playing halfback, he was playing on a wing. Yeah. Um, I know he definitely did burn the ball a couple of times and some of his decision-making wasn't top-notch. Probably, but yeah. pretty much everything else, you knew he was going to give 110% and he gave that all day. Yeah, but, but look, let's be honest. For a fringe player, like, I could go through half the team right now and I would love to go back and look at our uh, 22 predictions for the start of the year because there's some players in this team that just weren't even near it. Like, I think we had... I think Impy on the fringe because of his season last yeah, year. Yeah, I, ha- I don't even think Nash, I had Impey I don't, and Nash, I think, was out a lot of teams. And then you look at the back line. I was just looking the other day and I was just amazed. Um, Seamus Mitchell, yeah, Josh Weddle, Lockie Bramble. Don't tell me anyone had those three as locks for, like, defensive roles. I had That's Seamus incredible. Mitchell as most likely to get delisted. Yeah. And now he's, I can't see a spot yeah. for Scrimshaw coming in. Now he's locked. Him him and Weddle just looked like they were just seamlessly locked into yeah. that team. Oh, it's just fantastic. Both pacey, both good users of the ball. We've got some players there. Um, one more before I get into my honourable mentions. Um, you mean your votes? You, these are oh, sorry, before mentions. I get into my votes. Um, what do you ever mention to Cozzy? I know he keep the winner. Yeah. But I thought he battled really hard. I think he took the second most contested marks for Hawthorne, obviously behind James Sicily, who... You know where he's going to be in the rankings, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought he held Wilkie out of the contest and played a really sacrificial role of the game. Yeah, and then to get his reward at the end there, I was really happy for him. So I just wanted to get a mention to the two whipping boys in Bramble and Cosy because I feel like they cop it every week, and we would probably be the first to give them some smack on the pot if they were having a terrible games. So putting them in calculations, I think just as players who stood up this game, I thought was quite fair. It's one of the most competitive I've seen Cozzy in recent yeah. times. I feel like there's been times where we've had to rely on Cozzy due to Lewis's absence and it's like, Cozzy, just get it to ground. He works well just with Lewis in the team, doesn't he? He really does. Um, he plays a lot better being the secondary forward and could have had three goals to his name. I know we kicked two behinds um, as well, but I mean, kicking that sealer and from someone that looks like... For someone that looks like he's been low on confidence for a fair while, to go back after that mark and kick truly is unbelievable. What do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously he'll play next week because of his week with Mitch Lewis, but I guess the question a lot of fans have on their lips is, what does his long-term future look like in the Hawthorne Colors? I'm not sure. It's easy to be so excited and happy with him at the moment because he's just won you a game. Yeah. Um, and and he, and he did have a very good game on the weekend for Cozzy standards and the Cozzy haters like, are in a hole. Will he just be a depth like Ryan Shawmakers type? Okay, I think the sim- the most simple way to put it is he's not winning us a flag. Yeah. He's not in a premiership winning forward line. I, I think I agree with you on that one. So yeah. he needs to be replaced, but for the period we're in, the stage we're in as a club, uh we can afford to have him in that forward line. He's still going to help us win games. But when we are a final side and we want to win premierships, if our forward line is Lewis Cozzi, it might not cut it. What do you think about his development, though? Because even though I partially agree with you, I, I do think that we're playing these young people in the hope that they'll develop into better players than what they are now. Can his ceiling reach a level where he might be able to partner with Mitch Lewis in the premiership Look, team? Look, maybe if he puts on size. We we saw him clunk a few marks on the You reckon weekend. that's the issue? I think it's more like uh, skill-based than, than his... I, thought, I think I he's mean, built quite well. I mean, I know he's working on his goal-kicking and, look, he, he's... Technique is definitely... I think the marking's the biggest thing for me. But I saw him take a few marks he on did. the weekend. That's what I'm saying. He had a good weekend of marks. And that's why it's the first time I've seen him look like assured in marking contests. Because yeah. I think the issue in the past I've had with him is that 
when he's in the 50, the ball comes to him and he, he just sort of halves contests. He can't take them. Like Mitch Lewis can, can rip a ball over to pack. I haven't seen Cosie do that much. But on the weekend, he looked really powerful in his hands. So if he can continue to develop this, he might actually be able to be a player that can stay in the first team for a little bit longer and maybe even hopefully hit a higher ceiling than what we, we ever thought he had. I think we'd definitely hold him for now. Um, but yeah. if, if, if a great trade came through, then I would definitely I, 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 That's very true. I mean, there's, you know, you, you're not... At the moment, I can currently understand that, you know, you're not going to win a premiership with him in the team. But anyway, I'll get into my three, two, ones. We'll start off with number three because we've both got him here. James Sisley. Yep. James Himmelie. Go on. Tell me a bit about his game. Well, Himmelie had 43 disposals at 91%. 22 intercept possessions. That's which crazy. That's freakish. That's crazy. I, I think that's the AFL record well, the, from what I've the heard. The 22 intercepts, yeah. 22 intercept possessions. 16 marks. Again, anything over 10 marks is absolutely elite. 90%. 91% disposal. 91. That's, that's, wow. that's disgustingly good. 11 score involvements and 658 metres gained. That that's was crazy. the most complete game I have seen from a Hawthorne player since probably ever. And I think Sammy agrees with you based on his post-game presser. I've seen Cyril do remarkable things on a footy field. I've seen Buddy kick 13 goals yeah. on, on my TV. We I got a complete game there. from him. We even got a suspension. So, <laughs> only in the Sicily way. It's so on brand for James Sicily yeah. to get a suspension in that game. But, mate, it's almost like you can't say enough about his game. Like, yeah. no words are going to do that game justice. You just need to watch no. it back, look at the highlights. And he pretty much was a one-man defence. And we are going to miss him next week with him being out against a forward line that is pretty fucking efficient. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed about that. I mean... I think it just makes you realise how much we missed him in that floater sort of role when Blank wasn't playing. Yeah. Which is why I mentioned it before, because he's got to be the best in the league for that third, like that intercept defender role. Like yeah. Darcy Moore's good, but this guy's on another level. That's ridiculous. That's, that's a that's a that's a Tom Mitchell like disposal amount with the amount of intercept possessions as Sicily. I know. We used to like, fawn over Tom Mitchell. Like, how did he get over forty three at half back? And the ball didn't even get in there. That often, uh, how much times the ball got in there forty three times overall? So he probably intercept. He probably got a possession every time it went in there. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's oh, a, a crazy oh. game. Assists. You know, you've had a good year, not as good as last year, but that's got to be the best. I'll of the tell year, you though, all Australian, mild. all Australian selectors better be watching that later in the. I know yeah. it's not based off one game, but a real captain's game. Oh, if he brings even half that every week, then yep. that's all we expect. He'll be missed for Sicily. Port game, that's for sure. Because I, I tell you what, uh, I know we haven't even got our tips yet, or even the next game, but if he was playing next week, I'd give us a... I'd probably be tipping us. I'd, I'd have a whole lot more confidence because imagine what that would do to his confidence and his ability. I mean, that's ridiculous, that game. But anyway, number I think, two. I think we've got the same two. I haven't seen uh, your rating, but I know no. you love this man. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're going with now. Dylan Moore. Yeah, it's got to be. He could have had a better game if he kicked straight. He could I, have got I, four I agree. Goals, yeah. One goal, three, 31 disposals, nine. Uh, what was that? What's SE? I've written that on my thing. SE. SE. Oh. Oh. I've actually gone a bit blank. SE. One of the listeners has got it, I reckon, already, and is going, yelling out to his phone right now. <laughs> no, five inside 50s. Um, and he played high up the ground and looked like more of last year. So it was it was the same old Dylan Moore um, that we, we come to expect at the start of the season. If he kicks straight, he could have even 
it sounds weird saying this, but he could have rivaled Sicily for the three if he kicked four. Four and 31 mm. is yeah. pretty that, that's, good. That's a good point. When you said SE, were you talking about SI maybe score involvement? Yeah, it might have been nice. I haven't looked at I, I don't know if stats me right on, now, so it could yeah. be that one. But yeah, no, I've got some of his stats here. I mean, 31 touches, one goal, three. That's pretty good because the biggest stat I thought I actually take away from this, which I don't think a lot of fans would have had, was actually he ran 15.2 kilometers. <laughs> 15.2 kilometers. Yeah, the most of the game. Uh, you know, Ramble and Bradley Hill and everything. So, and I think he had one less sprint effort than Bradley Hill. So, he works harder than anybody on the ground. And you can just tell it. Even by watching, I reckon, the vision on, on TV, you can just see him just bolt up and down the ground like crazy. And this is not a one-off. He's been doing this all season. It's just it finally came all in place for him this game. And I loved it for him because we, we've spoken about him a bit on the pod this year about how he's been underwhelming and how we have no worries about him because we know the kind of player he is. But it's just nice to see it again, you know, because we've, we've, we've sort of seen those sort of like 20-touch a goal game maybe. Yeah. It's good to see him get back to real Dylan Moore numbers. He hasn't completely brushed the cobwebs. There were definitely moments in that game he'd Of course, back. yeah. There were a few belly hitters. But I think goal. it's a bit like, you know, when Warple won the um, Peter, uh yeah. yeah, when he won the Peter Crimmins medal, where he just performed a lot ahead of his time last year yeah. and the year before. Like, he's just elite small forward rating so early on that I think we expect so much of him that when he has a game that maybe, like, Dylan Moore would... Uh, sorry, like Conor McDonald numbers would rack up, we go, oh, he's had a terrible one. <laughs> but, but realistically, he's he's at a great stadium in his career where we want him, and he's just only going to get better from there. So, great confidence boost of him. Who'd you have at number one? I had Jarman Impey. Oh, good on you. Yeah. He had 26 disposals, which a lot for his posi- uh, for his position as well. He had 534 meters gained, which was the third most hawk Sicily one day two in P3. Yeah. So for a guy for halfback, mm-hmm. very serviceable. Yeah, he was fantastic, and and I must say, I reckon he's got to be top three probably right now for the Petey Crimmins. Hundred percent kicked an awesome goal. Yeah. Uh, from the outside fifty, could have had two kicked the pine as well, um, and seven intercept possessions, which. Doesn't match Sicily's 22, but was our second highest mm. or game second highest, I think, too. So, Jarman Impey is just putting in a really consistent uh, season. And I don't want to go like weeks without saying how good he has been because I feel like he is one that's going about his work very quietly, almost under the radar. AFL fans wouldn't be picking up on this, but I don't even think our own Hawthorne fans are appreciating how good he actually has been this year compared to yeah. the seasons he's had post-ACL. Yeah, back in that sort of form again. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing resurgence. And you know what? I spotted it from the first game of the year in the intra-club match. I was down at uh, Latrobe's ground yeah. to watch him, and he was probably best on ground along with, I think, Dylan Moore that day. And I just saw something from him. He was like, tackling everyone, and I was surprised because last season he was admittedly injured, and I was probably a bit harsh on him last year. But geez, he's had a great Do you know what season. I think helped him? And and what what another thing I want to mention about him, which doesn't get recognized on the stat sheet, his leadership. Mm. Now there were two moments on the weekend, uh, both Cozzy and Bruce Goal, where Jarman Impey, not a goal kicker, has gone I don't know what he said to him, but he's gone up to both Cozzy and Bruce and he's probably just said saying, Mate, just do what you do best, take your thirty, kick the goal kind of thing. Good spot. And he got elevated in the leadership group this year. I think he's really taken that on board. He loves the leadership. Yeah. So, I I have to commend that great leadership from Jars. Yeah, I agree. Along with the game that he's played on Saturday. And just think that he's taken his game to... 
he's in career best form. Yeah, he looks like a bit of a father figure at the club, especially the Indigenous he, boys and everything like that. I just see him, like, it's almost like he bleeds brown and gold right now. I love it. Well, he's taken, like, he's one of our veterans now. He's one of the more experienced players. Yeah. And he's really taken that on board, and he really is enjoying leading uh, the younger players. And even even a guy like Bruce, who's the vice-captain, that's Impy's vice-captain. Yeah. And he's gone up to him and been like, Bruce has kicked 499 goals, almost 500 goals. Yeah, ridiculous. And Impy's telling him, mate, just do what you do best, kick it through. Normal people be like, shut the fuck up, Impy. Like, I know what to do. And he, <laughs> if you're like, position, yeah. that, that leadership is just phenomenal. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching him go up to both Cozzy and, and Bruce in the dying moments and just give him a bit of leadership. Good call. He was a close one for my number one, actually. Um, my, my, my Who one did you vote. go with? You like uh, the midfielders. I had a few people here. I actually, I actually went, no, I actually went away from the midfielders. But just on one second about Cone Nash, his consistency this year has got to be mentioned again. Yeah. He's not had like a bad game, I think, since the North Melbourne win, really. Yeah. Like he's just been... No, uh, he didn't, wasn't that like his bet? No, that was the Adelaide game or that game where he was uh, really uh, good? Uh, he's been good all year. One of those as long as I can games. remember right now. 27 touches, I think he had again this week. His bone-crunching tackles is some of the best sights you'll see in footy. Yeah. Oh, he gets me up at about Conor Nash, honestly. He's close to being on the back of my next jersey. He's been fantastic to see the Irishman as a rise. But no, I didn't have him. I actually had Luke Bruce for this one. Oh, yeah. Brucey, and well-deserved. Three goals. Yeah. I think the funny thing is, and even just saying it, he was a draw our most scores for this game. And I feel like every year we say the same thing about Bruce. When is someone going to overthrow this little man from I being know. our top goal scorer? He is a servant of the club and a half. And you spoke about the 499 goals he's on. I, I'll get in a selection in a second. Yeah, you might I have a bit of a surprise me I there. I know what you want. Gee, three goals, two. And, and I will make a mention that he handled one of those over the top to Mitch Lewis in the last quarter That's kick one. Right. So he could have had more. How good was that shrug? He shrugged off. <laughs> he went around. <laughs> he's been doing that his whole career. That, yeah. that bouncing up off the ground after almost being taken down. He had those. I think he kicked goals at really important moments in our in our games as well. well like the little the sneaky snaps. And yes, just to keep the sealer. You've always told me he wasn't great in pressure yeah, moments. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought you were going to have a go at me for saying that he's not clutch because I think I've said to you a few times that there's been games where Luke Bruce could have iced them earlier than what they've been iced and he's had moments. It, it goes all the way back to the 2013 prelim. He's I'll have to watch some more vision because I, I haven't noticed it maybe as and much as you have. There's been moments where he's had set shots that are very gettable from his standards and has absolutely fluffed them. He misses on the weekend. It's five points with 25 seconds to go. Yeah, and now it's still we, losable. Yeah. Now, that was just making me think about last year when Jamie Elliott kicked the winning goal against Essendon and there was about that much time left and Harrison Jones hit the post. and Or, they, or our two games this year, we lost by under a goal against... That's it. So, I was like, Bruce, you need to kick this. So, I was really nervous before um, he had that kick because in the past, I've always thought of him to fluff those sort of opportunities. Like, he's been a incredible servant almost 500 goals for the club couldn't ask for a better career but in those moments i have noticed that he mm. can be a bit shaky and, and to see that he put that through and came up super clutch um was exceptional yeah and 500 goals just a, an amazing milestone i mean 100%. he's not there yet and he still needs to kick it i know but, but um, like come on like that's ridiculous for a small forward as well the consistency on this man and, I, and i'd say if everything goes right from this year and he plays the rest of the games I wonder what money on it. I reckon he'll be our top goal kicker again this year. Just because well, of consistency. I mean, I know Mitch Lewis is like coming pretty hot. And look, I could have given this this one vote to five different players, really. I had, you know, pretty much the whole midfield in Lewis, here. Lewis, Dave. I veered away from the midfield because I thought that some other players really stood up comparis- comparatively. 
and Bruce had a great one. So, uh, yeah, that's my three two ones. Hawks take on Port at the Adelaide Oval this Saturday at one forty five. Now, we if you look back to this game last year, is that three Saturdays in a row now? Uh, no, we Sunday was the Eagles, but the oh, Saturday okay. before was Melbourne. So, yeah, we, we've, we've been right. playing on a few Saturdays this year. Um, this time last year, or this game last year. What a game that was, eh? We won by about 64 points. Oh, I love that game. Wardy yeah. and C-Mac. Kind of Nash, the, the goal scorer with his arm. Yeah. Was it like the moustache from bloody... What's the guy's <laughs> name? Like Freddie Mercury? Star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freddie Mercury kicks a goal. Um, yeah, that game brought so many memories in... In the same way that that West Coast win a few weeks ago kind of brought back similar ones. Yeah, it was, it was Port, a good old-fashioned thumping. Yeah, although Port were a lot more competitive that day than what West Coast were a few weeks ago. Um, I just hope they're haunted from last year. Port Adelaide. We usually play pretty well at Adelaide Oval as we well. Do, we and do. against Port in general. Yeah, yeah, we, we're, not, we're not too bad against Port. Yeah. So Who knows? Maybe we could break, break. imagine what, what will happen on Footy Classified next week. They might get Damien Barrett to come on to, if we beat him. Like, oh, if we beat them, Barrett, Barrett. You're, how if you're incredible listening, would that be? You're oh. not listening, but if you are listening... Um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves because yeah. we've won, you know, one good game this year over against a solid opposition, but Jesus, just imagine the lid will be fully off the uh, stadium. Wouldn't it be lovely? We do have yeah. changes, though, this week. Yeah, one right. forced one, which we didn't say in housekeeping because we already knew that Sicily, we've accepted his one-match ban. Was it fair? Uh... Look, I'm biased, so no. But yes, <laughs> like yeah. I think you know, when I watched the vision, I was just trying to look for a way they could fight it. I think they will like. Look, I don't agree with the rules. I think they're so so soft right now. I mean, people are getting banned every week. It's kind of ridiculous right now, and we're going to lose players for big games. And I can only imagine what's going to happen in the finals this year when you know these sort of decisions are being made. It's going to have caused some upheaval. But yeah, he he he. What shouldered him in the head or whatever? I mean, any bump to the head off the ball, you're getting looked at. Oh, it wasn't really off the ball. It was yeah, it was in the, the vicinity, but yeah, I, I look. I think uh, the Hawks obviously agree with it because they didn't fight it. They just accepted the ban. So, yeah, it is what it is. And Sicily being Sicily was probably no chance. So that's one change. Yeah, I feel like you mentioned Bruce before. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't got in our selection yet, but we're going to do it now. Um, obviously, sis. I'll, I'll just read out mine. Sicily is going to come out. Obviously. Obviously, yeah, for his ban. And I'm putting Jack Scrimshaw back in. I'm doing the same thing. Great. I'm happy to hear that. Because I actually think Scrimshaw can play that rebounding role. And I want to see him in it fully. Yeah. It'll be interesting what happens when Sicily comes back the week after, what happens to Scrimshaw. But Scrimshaw's got a, a nice little break right now to try and get, you know, wiggle his way back into the team. Um, he had a pretty good game at Box Hill. I think he got like around 27 touches. And they said that he and uh, Little John actually made a comment to say that he didn't, have one lapse in intensity. So, oh, he's covered Sam Mitchell's comments there. And my other change, I is actually Bruce D out. What? Bruce D out? Yeah. I mean, not, not, like, I would love to see him play. And obviously, if we're going for the win, you know, it'd be probably pertinent to play him. I want to be there for his 500th goal. Same. It's a selfish reason. It's got nothing to do with the selection. I don't think it will happen. But wouldn't it be love to see him kick it in the same against a side with Jack Gunston, his best mate, will be that's another what team. I was gonna say. It just kind of makes sense in a bit of a fairy tale aspect. It would have been nice if he had kicked his 500th for the last goal, oh, you know, the game. The but I uh, would have gone nuts. But yeah, maybe, maybe give Bruce his rest, and it also gives chance for another certain player to come in. And you're smiling me right now, and I think you know I who know I'm going to say. And I think half the listeners right now might throw their phone or start cursing yep. me online. But I'm going to say it anyway. 
I think Chad Wingard might come in for him. I've got the same changes. I, I, I said Wingard's available, and I thought that Brocky or Seamus were a bit niggly. I just can't see him coming back in Box Hill. I don't no. think they'll play him in Box Hill. He's just too aged. <laughs> and like, well, What's the benefit of playing him in Box Hill? He's going to have like, a 10-goal game. They're going to bring him back in. If right. Wingard's got one last burst out of him or yeah. to con- confine consistent form, it's at the Adelaide Oval against his old club. That's right. And I think it also makes sense, you know, if you bring a Bruce out, to have him paired along with Brocky and Butler yep. if they maintain their spots, which I'd say they It's would. a like-for-like replacement. So, yeah, I don't think there's really harm in it. I think we need to see what Wingard can kind of give us. I think there's a really good chance he might not be there next year. Is my yep. I'm sort of coming to you now. I mean, looking at our form without him right now and kind of what he's offered, I mean, I love Chad Wingard. I'm not going to hide that from anyone. I think he is a really good mercurial talent, but he hasn't delivered. And I also and that's think as it's basic as that. I also think it's really important to play Butler and Brockman in the same side. Yeah. Even if one isn't performing as good as the other, I felt both had moments. I know Brockman ended up getting subbed off, but I didn't think much of Butler's game either. I think they both did some good things, but they weren't exceptional. Yeah, no, they weren't. And like we didn't even talk about negatives really for this game, but so the only negatives I really had was that um, I thought that maybe Brocky didn't get as involved as he should have, and there was a reason why he got subbed off again. I think that's the second time he got subbed off. Goal. Yeah, but, but Butler had a really good pressure game. I think he got the, one of the most pressure acts on the ground, Yeah, but Brocky didn't as much. And look, if it was either one of them two coming out, I wouldn't be putting Wingard in because I don't want them. I don't want Wingard to replace a young and developing player. But if he takes Bruce's spot, to just manage him. It's a like for like. We build currency on Wingard. All Wingard shows us that he's actually worthy of staying in this team and helping us drive up the ladder. I don't know where I sit with Wingard. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's my changes for this week. I've got the same ones. Yeah. Nice and easy. We'll go into a bit of opposition watch because mm. there's a bit to talk about here this week. We don't normally dwell on the opposition too much. That's right. Take it away. Um, they've got a few players coming back. And it's scary. Yeah. Because I'll read you four names. Go on. Charlie Dixon, mm-hmm. Todd Marshall, mm-hmm. Travis Boak, well, and Tom Jonas. Hmm. Now, when you look at Port, that's like almost their four best players. Obviously, we're not but putting in Captain, Butters and Rosie and all two that. Two key but, forwards, yeah, and, so, and Boak. And we lose yeah. Sicily and they're bringing in bloody Dixon and Marshall. Yeah, I wonder if they'll like... You know what's funny? When I, when I think about four changes, I mean, obviously, it's only going to strengthen them at the most part, but... It is sort of nice sometimes when you go into a game where the, op- the opposition is sort of tinkering with their team a little bit, yeah. especially of a seven or eight game run right now. Yeah, I think they're eight going for their record, which is they're, no, they're, they're at their record. They'll get their most consecutive wins wow. ever as in as a club if they beat us on Saturday, which is a record we'd like to hold them back of. Like imagine Definitely. us, us Man, stopping biggest that party poopers ever. And I know they're big players coming back, but there's nothing more than seeing a side at full strength and seeing how we go against them. Mm. I know we're, before this week, this Good week point. We, we played a pretty full strength Saints side this week, but other than that, North Melbourne didn't have Simkin or LDU. Uh, West Coast didn't have anyone. They, yeah. and they lost Barras, their best defender, before the game and Darling midweek with a, with a broken arm. So we finally beat a team basically at full strength. Um, and now we're coming up to a team that's probably going to be at full strength and see how we go against them. So it's probably not a bad thing. And to play away at an interstate ground, because I think, I'm trying to think of them, Sydney we got killed at at the SEG. Freo we got smashed at at Optus. I don't think we played one good interstate game. No. Other than obviously our home in Tassie. Yeah. So we could get creamed over there like we did last two other games. So it's a great challenge and I agree with you. I mean, bring it on. Bring the players in. See how we go against a full strength team because... 
you know, at the end of the day, we don't want to climb the trunk. Like, this is me speaking as a really conflicted fan right now, but we don't want to climb the ladder too much. No. Like, we want a good draft pick this year. I feel like we're not really, you know, ready yet to completely climb. A win this week could see us go above Richmond. So That's, that's nuts, isn't it? It's insane. We are so. one win, well, one and a half wins behind Carlton. Yeah, I better say, we're getting close to the baggers right now. Jesus. Team that always let you down. Jesus. Yeah, oh, there's just... Um, yeah. One thing that worries me this game, and, and we talk about how good the midfield's been. Now, think about the weekend. We played against a slower midfield like Seb Ross, Hunter yeah. Clark, um, who else I had, Jade Gresham, like... They're not the they're not the quickest midfield in the comp. We're coming up against a midfield that probably matches up more well against us than other midfields, and I'm talking about Jason Horn Francis, I'm talking about Zach Butters, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Connor Rosie. Now they're those three midfielders coming up against Will Day, James Warple, Connor Nash, and Jai Newcomb. That's a pretty and maybe good, Dylan Moore as well. And maybe Dylan Moore. That's a pretty good matchup, a young midfield coming up against a young midfield. Mm-hmm. So that's a midfield that can probably match our energy a little bit. So I feel like that we've been doing well against some of these older, slower midfields because we're a young team. But there were midfields like Essendon that we struggled against with their parish merit types. But yeah, but see, I think those the, 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 I actually sort of disagree with you on this point because I think the midfields we've actually really struggled against have been those more mature midfielders. Like Geelong. And Essendon. Like, Essendon's it, not... Um, well, Merritt and Parrish have been playing for years. And yeah. Ge- and the Geelong midfield, those are the two games we actually got killed the most in the midfield. Yeah. Because actually the younger ones we've been doing all right against. I actually don't... Th- I actually am not worried. I, I, and I should be, maybe. Because it's Zach mid- Butters has been on fire and Rosie's great and, and on France is great. Yeah, all good. But my midfielders, the boys in the midfield, have gave me nothing to worry about this no, year. No, I agree. And, and to kind of contradict my point just a little bit, the best thing about their midfield is like a guy like Zach Butters, you can push him over with ease. When you've got a Nash, a Newcomb, and a Warple, they're a bit bigger bodies than the yeah. Rosies and the Butters. We've and got the, the balance right Francis. now. We, yeah. ne- we haven't had this for years. We, with with Ramiro Mitchell in, we just had the same, you know, a really same look midfield. We've got the enforcer. We've got the clearance play. We've got the silk. You know, we, we've got everything in the midfield right now. I'm going to stick by my point and say I'm not worried about the midfield at all because it's the only part of our ground that's consistently not let me down this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back us in for this. So midfield. we've got James Sisley out. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you that Port is number two in the comp for forward fifty efficiency. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. They're third in the comp for inside fifties. Yep. They're fourth in the comp for marks inside fifties. Yep. And they're third in the comp for tackles inside fifty. Yeah, this should be interesting. This one. Look, I. This is the area I think where we could really get killed. Yeah. Not only was Sisley not in, but at offence, admittedly. Maybe besides the weekend, it looked not too bad. It still it, looked it had, shaky. I, I agree. It had holes and leaks at times. Especially early overall, in the game. Every time they got it in there, they were scoring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. King got a couple of, like, you know, arsey goals that he does. They were arsey goals, weren't they? Yeah, I just, you know, like, obviously there's a rubbish dive and stuff like that. And, you know, it's great to see Sicily line them up. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a struggle without Sis in there. But if you look at our defenders as well... Like, we're still up and coming a little bit. I know it seemed locked in a couple of years ago, but you look at, like, there's going to be Weddle and Bramble and, and Seamus Mitchell in there, who are great players all, but this is a test for them. And as you mentioned to me, there's two of the players coming in at key forwards. They've already got Dixon Finn Lason in there. So that's three Lason. key defenders, realistically, yeah. they can use. It's going to be a challenge. I don't know how we're going to counteract it necessarily. I think we need a float-up sort of defender again, so I'm guessing Scrimshaw might come in for that. But then I... 
Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a it's a good piece of analysis, James. Their forward line's gonna be dangerous. And if they don't kill you a guy like Junior Rioli or Sam Powell. That's Pepper, right, yeah. They've got the players in there. Will. Yeah, Power Pepper always seems to tell us up actually as and well. And he's having a good year too, Power Pepper. Yeah, give him some um, salt. That's pretty much my analysis. I feel like they've got a midfield that we've seen how good Zach Butters has been in recent weeks. He had one of the games of the year. Yeah. Um, only for Sicily to beat him this week mm-hmm. of game of the year. Um, and Darcy Moore the week before that. So Zach Butters has been in fine form. Their forward line is in fine form. And Aliyah has been in good form as well. Aliyah's so I'm hoping Cosy can take him out like he did with Wilkie the week before. That's sort yeah. of one of my keys to winning this one. Um, Porter, really good transitioning down the field. So I actually think they, in a way, play a bit similar to the Saints. So maybe the only thing in difference, main difference would be that their forward line's a lot more functional than the Saints. Yeah, are. I think they've just got a better list. Yeah, but I think they play in a similar manner. Yeah. Um, so I think... My, I, I've got a key to winning here, and I think I'm, oh, pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. Because I know. don't. I okay. actually don't know how we I do for this game. game. I think this is going to be, if we, if we want to win it, it's going to have to be a shootout. Yeah. I reckon they're going to score high no matter what. Without Sicily in there, we're not going to be able to shut the floodgates completely. We, we might don't have depth a, in the, the defense, do we? Like in, no. that, in, that, in that sense. No, and, and I think in a way, the Saints game was a bit of a shootout as well. And we just keep point after point after point. We won by 10 points off points, realistically. Like it wasn't a defensive masterclass in, by any means. We we just we just had the ball in our forward half more often. Mm-hmm. If we want to be port, we have to play in a similar manner. We have to run the ball hard forward, try to put pressure on their defense, and most of all, put the scoreboard pressure on. No three, five, six points in a row. We need to be putting scores on the board and stopping them from getting all these entries. Because as you mentioned, their entries is what's been winning them games. And we actually beat Saints on entries last game. And obviously came across that, you know, Waffle Team win the week before with a bunch of entries. So, that's my key to winning. So, in you said this in a, the smartest way possible, but summing up what you just said is kick more goals than your opposition. <laughs> no. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you mean. I mean, it's not going to be as much focus on defense. It's going to yeah. be a, a massive focus on slingshotting and trying to lock the ball in our forward half. 100%. So, it's going to be forward half pressure. That's what I'm pretty much saying. Like, we've got to keep the ball going in there and we're going to move it quick. No slow ball movement. This team will eat us up. Aaliyah will sit behind the ball like Sicily did last week and just pick off balls. Um, yeah, I want to see us run, handball, get the handballing horse going. The game style is working with our players. Let's see how we go. I feel like this episode, we've had a really similar way to thinking. And I think we could possibly have the same player to watch here. Go so we'll, go the, we'll, we'll count down the 3, 2, 1 and say it at the same time. I, I bet you it won't, but anyway. Right. 3, 2, 1. Come on. on. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. <laughs> there How you do go. we do that? Um, I thought he was really good on the He weekend. was, yeah. I, I, know, I didn't want to mention him because of this exact reason we're going to talk about him now. I but. thought his kicking was fine and there's no better way to do it against his old club at a ground he's so familiar with. I agree. And to yeah. have the break. And I think the balls game. will be going through the wing a lot this game, trying to us burst yeah. through. I think we played sort of a bit more on the opposite wing last game with Dylan Moore sort of coming down. But he still had, I think, 24 touches. Kicking accuracy was fantastic. Should have probably keep the goal that he got a chance for. I would like to see him go on the board a little bit more, but in all fairness, Kalim is really coming to his own right now. So this is the game I reckon for him to really show what he's got. Yeah, I think we haven't had that. We haven't quite had that full breakout game for him yet. We've definitely seen the weapons he has and what he can do. And mm. he's definitely contributed in a really solid way. Yeah, great pickup by the Hawks, honestly. Outstanding pickup, but there's definitely a lot more to give. And yeah. I feel like we are about to see it. And I think it could be as soon as this weekend against his old club. Come on, Carl, do it. 
unless he has nightmares about last year, because from memory he burned it a lot when we played them last year. I think year. he got the most touches on the ground. I think, he, I think he, yeah, I, he might have even got a Brownlow vote from memory, which was really weird considering we absolutely murdered them. Um, yeah, that night, but not I, on the stats. Remember that night, it was just complete efficiency, which is kind of ironic. When which you look is at what Saints you want. <laughs> which is what you want this weekend. Which brings us to our tip. Yeah, what's your tip? I tip Port by thirty-five. Mm, big one. I think we, based on what I said about Port's attack, yeah, us missing the player that almost won us the game on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really see. I know Scrimshaw's a really good like for like replacement forces if there is yeah. anyone scrimshaw is that guy mm-hmm. uh but even with sicily in the team uh forward line of marshall finlayson dixon assuming they come back into the side mm. uh just seems like they're going to put a lot of goals on the board and we can't match it but we said that the same when we played adelaide oh look at their forward line look at Rankin. look at fogarty look at tex look at all these players that they had look at rochelle didn't matter and it didn't really matter i know no, it was it in tassie i know it was a bit of a scrap i know we we forced them into stoppages and we might do the same yep. this week against port uh but just based off what i see at the moment i see a really really efficient kicking goal kicking port side that I just can't see us getting over. That's uh, a good call. I mean, how can you go against a team that's won, what, seven games, eight games in a row, whatever they've won, at their home deck when we don't even have our captain playing? Fair enough. But you know what? My most optimistic tip of the year, I've actually got us only losing by 10. It's pretty optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, thought, I, I, I thought I, I, you were going to tip us for a second when nah, you said most nah, no optimistic chance. tip I, of the year. You know me. I'm on top of all my tipping leagues right now. You I are, think. you so, are. So I'm, I'm doing okay right now. Uh, I take my tips pretty seriously and I try to be as objective as I can. But honestly, I just have a feeling about this Hawks group right now is the confidence level, the young boys, they're, they're up and about. And I don't know. I just feel like we really match up well against Port usually. You think we're just going to ride this momentum wave? Yeah. And I, I, maybe I'm still lost in the memory of last year's smacker report. But no one gave us a chance in that game. No. And we oh, no, we, no we sort of derailed at the start of their year. I'm, you know, well, it was one of the reasons why I didn't think they made finals in the end. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, I don't know, I have a small feeling we're going to really bring it up to them. I think they'll get over the line port. And, I, and I'm not really tipping Hawks in any kind of context yet. But Jesus, I just, I thought this, if anything, the Saints game was going to be ones we got done by because of our record against them and our time at Marvel. But I reckon we're going to surprise a few fans this game. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. Well, Matt, how good was it to talk about us after a win? I once? love it. We finally got that podcast where we can talk about us after a win. Uh, where can you find us? Yep, you can find us on pretty much any social media platform, the main ones, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can also find us on any of your podcasting hosting platforms. Including at the Hawthorne Fancast, of course. At the Hawthorne Fancast, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember all of them right now, but pretty much every single one you'll be able to find us on. The other main ones, Spotify. You'll find us, you'll find us. You'll find us. Keep the engagement up. We love uh, answering the questions. I think a lot of you guys put your answers into which scarf you wanted for the next talk. Yeah, I'll put that up. Today. We haven't even found the the uh, answer to the uh, the retro goods yet. That's what I put which up. Which one did you vote for? Uh, not not the horse racing one, surely not. Not the blue diamonds, no. Yeah. But although if we did get it, I would buy it. I think I might have done the big V one. I did the brown the brown hawk. I don't know what uh. they call it. Um, we wore it in the 1999 uh, yeah. pre-season premiership. I've been saving my Hawks Nest voucher for those jerseys to come out. I might have to spend so it in on a jersey. I haven't really something. given us the clarity over them, but hopefully we get that and the scarf. Yeah. Before uh, we end up, I had a question for you, just as like a little bonus uh, thing in nice. the episode. We both got some new jerseys at the end of last year. Yeah. 
yeah, for Christmas and stuff yeah. like that, just because we are, you know, we love our Hawks and every year we try to get some refreshed jerseys. Uh, what numbers do you want to get on them? I want number three, the nuke. Oh, but on... Kane Corn said that's like a B-grade player that you shouldn't get that on your back of your jersey. He was actually, he said he, he doesn't know who he'd get on the back of the jersey. I would get him he on might the get legends. on the back of his jersey. <laughs> he loves him so much. Before I, I'd get him on the legends Guernsey because... Because it just makes sense because Lee Matthews. Because Lee Matthews. Yeah. Okay. And single numbers are always cheaper. Pretty unique. And on my other Guernsey... I, I, may I mention I got Dylan Moore on my Anzac Guernsey. I bought that and got yeah, Dylan Moore corner. on it. Yeah. I... If I got the indigenous one, and even if I don't, I want Jarman Impey. Just based nice. off the season he's had, I'm yep. getting a Guernsey with the number four on the back of it. Love it. Who are you getting? Nice. That's a good question. Dylan Moore's going to be one of them for me. Yeah. Because it's just I think he's just one of the future's stars of the Hawks right now, and pretty much already is. Um, oh, geez. I mean, look, Luke Bruce, I really would love to get another jersey off just because... Coming to you know, sort of the twilight of his career, and I just think it's could just, be his last. I just year. love him. I no, no, no I chance, no so, chance. But... He'll play next year. Um, but I, I he's kind of actually making a case for me right now. I mean, obviously, Will Day's up there as well. There's a few. I mean, that's the reason why I asked you this question because I want maybe some insight myself. But there are so many players you could get back your jersey. Look, send us your, send us in your uh, your votes, Hawks fans, because I reckon there's a few coming on board right now. I mean, Mitch Lewis is obviously a big one as well. But Conan Nash, I reckon, he's gonna, he might sell some 11 soon. Well, if we get an abundance of answers, we'll read them out on next week's pods and yeah, see yeah. what the fans are, what numbers the fans would get. There we go. The back of their Guernsey. And we won't be recording uh, the week after next because it'll be the buy round. Is that correct? That's it. We'll, we'll take a week off for that unless there's something um, to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, 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 one thing we didn't talk about, which we won't, is the mid-season draft just come to mind. Yeah, who do you want? Uh, Ryan Marriage, but I don't think we'll get him. Who do you think we'll get? Uh, I actually reckon Jack Bullard, the key forward, might oh, slide I to us. I think that would probably be correct. At least he might. Slide is he, is to he us. the West Coast boy, the WA one? The WA boy. Yeah. yeah. So he, hmm. Yeah, I think West Coast have got to go for Marrick, though, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think that's good a luck out of the mid-season drafts. Good yeah. luck out of the mid-season drafts. Who knows? Who knows? I think that's a compensation for next week. Just reviewing who we got. Good idea. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll see you next week. Well, let's hope we get another win and we're recording happy again. Because how fun is this? Absolutely love it and a pleasure always, James, and uh, go the Hawks.